When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 45. It is going to be a great one. There is so much drama going on in the Bravo universe this week. I've heard that Mercury is in retrograde, but damn, this has really been something. We're going to get into all of the allegations that were thrown around on the Real Housewives of Orange County reunion in just a bit with my guest, Deanna Aspear. But first, just a little bit of tea. So we all know that Vanderpump Rules is coming back Monday, December 3rd. Last year's storyline revolved around Jax cheating on his girlfriend, now fiance Brittany, with Faith, who used to be a server at Sir. Now that Brittany and Jax are happily engaged, I think we all thought that Faith would just kind of go away, especially since she's been appearing on other reality TV shows on MTV. But alas, she is not entirely gone. Someone who claims to be her cousin posted this on Instagram this week. She says her name is Sandy, Sandy Shea. She claims that Pump Rules has a race problem and that they chose Billy Lee, who wasn't even their friend and had no affiliation with the cast, over casting Faith, who worked at Sir for years. She claims that Lisa and Stasi, Stasi, whose name she spells incorrectly, um, have race issues. Faith said that Lisa blocked her from being on the show. But here is the real tea. Cousin Sandy says that Jax and Faith were messing around for years, even before Brittany was involved. And the cousin says that there are more tapes out there of Faith and Jax, not just audio, but videotapes. Apparently, this cousin claims that Faith has given James ammunition in the form of these tapes because she hates how they bully him on the show. So I actually tweeted that I thought that this sounds a bit like revenge porn, which is illegal in most states. And Jax actually blocked me. But apparently he blocks anyone that says anything about him ever. 
So I think he is just a little bit thin-skinned and anything that has any mention of him ever cheating, he just absolutely freaks out and blocks. But it made me wonder, is this kind of a really touchy subject for him still? Him and Brittany should be solid by now. They're going to get married. He shouldn't be worried about anything else. And if there are tapes out there, he can take legal action. Besides, we don't even know if this Sandy is a real cousin or a real person. Now, a more lighthearted piece of news coming out of the Vanderpump universe is that Lala Kent parted ways with her producer, Sean Two Miles, uh, because Sean Two started working with Sheena. This is the quote that Lala gave. She said, After I heard that uh, Sheena and Sean Tu were working together, I no longer work with Sean Tu. I just take it personally when anything I do is cheapened. So when stuff like that happens, it's like, I can't. Time to move on to the next, you know? I'm kind of shocked by this because I was under the impression that Lala and Sheena were okay. Uh, Maybe not best friends, but definitely all right with each other. But maybe they're not. And I definitely want to see this unfold on this season of Vanderpump Rules. Now, one of the craziest things to happen on Bravo this week actually happened on Below Deck. We saw two crew members get fired this week, but... One of them has been engaged in a Twitter takedown of Kate Chastain. So not only does she claim that Kate drinks on the job and also does cocaine, things that she stated earlier, but she accuses Kate of engaging in psychological warfare against her. Now, this seems really out there, and Carolyn uh, has been known to be a bit funny with the truth, but this is what she is claiming. She's claiming that she locked herself in her room after she quit um, being on below deck and Kate and Josiah banged on the door nonstop for about 15 minutes, demanding that she pack her bags and leave immediately. We did see part of this on the show, but apparently um, Carolyn, who has always been getting sick, she had a foot infection, then a sinus infection. Well, not quite sure it's a sinus infection. Apparently, she had a herpes outbreak, and Kate was making fun of her for it, saying, and I quote, Oh my God, you're actually quitting because you're having a herpes outbreak? You disgusting slut. You are an effing whore. We hate you. Everyone here hates you, you diseased slut. This will make your mom lose what's left of her mind, is what Josiah apparently chimed in. Now, You have to think, if Bravo had this footage, wouldn't they air it? I mean, they've aired really offensive things that people have said before. I just can't believe that they wouldn't show this if this drama was actually happening. But that is what Carolyn claims, and she's owning up to all of it, including the herpes outbreak. So very interesting stuff. Don't think I believe it, but thought it was interesting enough to share with all of you. Anyway, without further ado, going to introduce this week's guest, Deanna Espear, who's going to break down the Real Housewives of OC reunion with me, and then I'm going to do recaps of Dallas, Jersey, and Atlanta. Hi, everyone. I'm here with one of my favorite people, Deanna Espear. Is so fun. <laughs> 
I'm so excited to be back. Like, the last podcast we did was this summer. I know. And I think we still were talking about the OC. Oh my gosh. Was it, has it been that long? It has. And it seems like it's only been like six episodes, but we're already at the reunion. Wait, literally when I spoke to you was when I was like having a rant about um the summer wedding yes and you were in switzerland yeah in switzerland we were just getting to know gina and emily look at us now look at where we've come so deanna will you tell me just a little bit about your podcast yes so i have a podcast called you can't sit with me it's basically a little parody of my life as an outsider in hollywood covering reality tv but major like mostly tv stuff it's very sassy and we found each other how did we find each other again i think through craig through the pump rules podcast which i'll be co-hosting this season yes i'm so excited it's one of my favorite podcasts so you're gonna get a chance to interview pretty much everyone on vanderpump rules you know i've met them many times now Yes. Um, but it's going to be fun to like interview them now that I know who they are. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. cannot wait. December 3rd is Pump Rules Day and Hanukkah. So you and I have a lot to celebrate. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's going to be the best year, the best day of the year. I'm making some latkes and getting ready for Tequila Katie. <laughs> you should do latkes and red uh, white wine because, you know, Stasi. Yes, I'll have a Sincere. That's her favorite wine. Oh my goodness. You see, did you see she just released a book? Well, it's she pre-release, a pre-order. The book isn't ready until April. <laughs> what do you think she has to say in a book? I have no idea, but I am here for it. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here all the way. You know what? All the way, but I would I'm very curious to see what it's all about. I'm one of those old school people that rents books from the library. At least I do it digitally. So That's when so new like housewives and Bravo books come out, I have to contact the library and request that they get a digital copy. And I am proud to say I am the reason that Erica Jane's book got to the Washington DC library. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> this is like peak nerd. I love it. I bet you're the only person who read it in your local library. Like no, I check. Book. Every once in a while, just to see if it's like available or if it's borrowed. And a lot of times it's borrowed. So it's not just me. I'm surprised you don't do audiobooks. I don't like listening to books. Really? I I need to read them. Yeah. I love, like, I I can't even read a book anymore. All I want to do is just like audiobook it. I like, I can listen to podcasts, but those are shorter. Books are so long and. Yeah, but you take breaks. It, yeah. it works for me. It's it's it, it's good with my lifestyle. That's true. Well, shall we get into the craziest ever re- first part reunion I have seen in a long time? Really? I mean, yeah, pretty crazy. I feel like the Vanderpump Rules reunion are always the craziest. Yeah, but for like, Housewives and it yeah, not Housewives and it I not being like, Atlanta. Whoa. Atlanta is crazy. But like, I, I don't watch Atlanta. But I, I I didn't make notes on this one. Well, I want to hear your thoughts and feelings. I felt like they kind of coasted through the beginning. There was all this whole thing about the Trace Amigas. Like, how do you feel about the Trace Amigas, Vicky, Tamara, and Shannon? So I was all about the Trace Amigas until 
they started excluding people and that I was not really happy about. Like I, I like the concept of it. I thought they were hilarious on that trip. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of the season. But, you know, I do think that um, Gina's hilarious. And had they included her, it would have been just a hilarious season rather than a petty one. That is what I think. I think so, too. And really, Shannon is so attached to Tamara that she can't seem to do anything without her. And so she can't form relationships with the other ladies. Yeah, I really like Tamara, by, by, Tamara, by the way. You do? She's my least favorite. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, sometimes I'm funny about her, but I I don't know. I think there's something quite, like, genuine and just, like, whatever about her. And she still manages to, like, keep her shit together. Like, there's whatever housewives, like Kelly, but she's obviously, like, a hot mess. But I like watching a hot mess, and I like Kelly a lot. I, okay, Kelly's my favorite one. She's by far the most fun to watch on TV. My issue with Vicky and Tamara, and so I'm not a mother, but both of them have chosen something over their child. For example, Tamara chose to be on the housewives against what her daughter wanted, against her daughter's wishes, and that's why they don't have a relationship. And Vicky stayed with Brooks over Brianna's objection. And I think when a kid voices that kind of concern, it's coming from a place of love and they're just worried about their moms. And it takes a crazy kind of person to ignore their like wonderful grown-up daughter like Brianna and say, nope, I'm going to be with this guy, Brooks. I also just got done watching Dirty John, so... I was actually doing a podcast today with Ali Levine. She was on Stripped on Bravo. Oh, yes. She's, like, she's friends with, um, she's a friend of mine. She's friends with a lot of the Vanderpump Rules people. And when it comes to actually having your life on reality TV and like publish all of these things about yourself, it's not just a documented version of your life anymore. There are some de- decisions that you make because sometimes you have to. Like, and we'll, and we'll never know and you'll never understand. Like, kind of behind closed doors how it works out but I I was presented with some details where I was like really like what comes across as like that person was horrible for doing this or that person was horrible for doing that you don't actually understand what happens yeah I I don't know I don't really know how to explain but it made me very aware that like we'll never understand in a way that's true although Vicky did say on the this reunion that she did see similarities in the story of dirty john and how she should have listened to brianna but she just wouldn't so she admitted her own faults (laughs) which is something that she refused to do the rest of the reunion so i think we should get into the big juicy stuff (sighs) I, i don't even know how to express like really like cocaine I don't even know why these two are like annoyed at each other in the first place anymore. Like I forget, I have a very short memory. Like I'll watch something and it's great, but if it's not like someone, you know, threw a drink at someone, like I forget. Yeah, I think it goes back to um, Kelly and Michael were friends with Vicky and Steve, and when Kelly and Michael got divorced, yeah, the double date. Well, and I think just the idea that Vicky kind of chose Michael and didn't share things with Kelly because Michael asked 
her to or not to or whatever. The point is Kelly just wanted her to say, you know what? I'm friends with Kelly. I don't feel comfortable being put in this position or I'm not going to keep anything from her or just think something like that or to say, hey, Kelly, you know what? Michael's really interested in being set up with a friend of mine. Do you mind? But honestly, like, honestly, be honest with me. Do you really think that that's what Kelly, that's what, um, not Kelly, Vicky would do? Like, uh, like honestly? N- no, but I exactly. think Kelly was actually friends with Vicky for two years and saw the positives in in Vicky. And maybe because she was friends with Kelly when she wasn't friends with Tamara and Shannon. So she spent all of her like energy on Kelly. And then now, boom, she's friends with the Trace Amigas again and she drops Kelly as a friend. She doesn't do the things that she would do for but Tamara. Honestly, out of all the housewives, like I do not see Vicky as being like the the loyal like I don't see that in her. And if I was her friend, I just probably wouldn't expect that from her. I feel I feel like the yeah. disconnect is where Kelly's expectation is. Like we've seen some of the fucked up things that Vicky's done to other people mm-hmm. in the past and like the expectations need needs to be changed. Right. I don't understand why she would think Vicky would be any better. And I think she exactly. gets that now. And I think maybe part of the anger is anger at herself for trusting Vicky and thinking Vicky was a friend at any point. Well, it's not about trust, but it's like don't be disappointed when you hear shit like that because I wouldn't be. If I had a friend like Vicky and I had some story like this one, I'd be like, yep, sounds but about I right. I feel like it's gone so far. I don't know why they're still so upset at each other. I feel like there's more that happened off like screen. I feel like watching it is a big part. Like living it and like going through the I'm sorry's and yes and then there's a trip and that's one thing. But rewatching it definitely brings back some like feelings and like you know they said that when they did the trace amigas they were moving forward and that they weren't going to look at the past and maybe it was a failure to really like address the past issues and look at them and fix them they just like moved forward but they're okay with each other the problem is between vicky and kelly who's not part of the trace amigas and so apparently in a yeah. tweet she called Vicky a pig and Vicky took that as being called fat and there's nothing worse to her than being called fat or being called a pig and so she just hurls back the worst insults or lies that she can think of which is that Kelly does cocaine and she heard it from someone who's not even friends with Kelly and it sounds like there's no evidence for this and given how upset Kelly was over it I feel like Kelly's actually telling the truth. If it was Dorinda or somebody else, like, I wouldn't believe it. Well, so here's the thing. She's she's really bothered by being called fat, Vicky, but she's yeah. not that skinny. <laughs> like, if you're that bothered, hit the gym. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to fat shame anyone. Like, th- no, that's not what I do. But, like, if you're that bothered, hit the gym. <laughs> well, with Vicky, it's just... No matter how upset you get with what someone says, why do you allow it to get so bad that no, but you if you hit do so allow low? it, hit the gym. Be like be be a Tamara. But it but it doesn't matter what it is. Like if she's being called a pig or if she's being called a liar, whatever she's being called, like it should never get to the point that you do such a low blow. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. You know, I was like, yes. Um, 
I loved that Kelly was like, I don't do booger sugar. I was like, I've never heard it called that. And <laughs> like, I love that Vicky was so fucking stupid that she didn't even understand. She's, she's like, like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it was your insult. And now she's like making, like a, using your insult and turning it into something as you don't get it. Like that water fail. Right. But what I thought was so much worse than the cocaine accusation, which is bad in itself, was she basically insinuated that Kelly is a bad mother. And that's something that they all are so sensitive about. No one wants to be called a bad mother. Well, not to mention that, honestly, this season, out of all the housewives, I thought Kelly was doing pretty good. Right? I thought she was the best mom, too. She's her daughter. She's very open with her. She talks to her about so many things. She did all this charity work with her. She went to see her musical. She supported her with her musical theater. Like, I think that out of all the housewives, we really saw Kelly as a good mom. She was really there for her daughter. What the fuck? I know. What is is Vicky doing? Do you think production would ever ever get rid of vicky no yeah it's sad because i don't like here's my issue i don't like when people get into a position of power that there's nothing that they can't do there is nothing that is too low or too nasty okay so i think that calling people names is not the lowest that we've seen on housewives there's been like punching and hitting and things like that to me are a bit worse a lot worse yeah i mean we've seen rape allegations yeah those things fucked up but like call someone names and whatever you know but calling accusing someone of of doing a crime which cocaine still is you know and it saying they're a bad mom and she's in a custody agreement where they actually don't have the courts involved you know if Michael wasn't who he was, he could take her to court and say, you know, there's allegations my wife is using drugs, blah, blah, blah. It's It does impact people's lives. You can't, you can't pretend That's it so doesn't. That's so true. And I didn't think of it that way. Like, it could work, like, against her with regards to, like, the, the, the children's custody and stuff. So, so fucked up. That's my biggest concern for her is her ability to be able to take care of Jolie. And then also what Kelly was so upset about is she ended up forgiving Vicky, like at the reunion. But then after when the story came out, it became this huge story all over the media. And then Jolie heard about it. And Jolie apparently was like crying nonstop, was so upset. Kids at school heard about it. They were like talking to her like your mom does drugs. It's just so mean to go after someone for that and also for their parenting. It's just, it's not an okay thing to do. Well, I mean, the minute you choose to be a housewife, you're going to do things that make you look like a sucky parent. Right. Like the cougar thing isn't necessarily the best look for a parent. Like la la la. But yeah, this is like very, very low. Vicky just seems like there is something inside her that can never be filled. And it is not her love tank. Like That is what I was going to say. She kind of, I, you look at her, I looked at her face, which by the way, great. Like love the faceless lift, but you still look evil as shit. Right. She's an evil face. She does. Got a really evil face. And it's something like the minute that the girls were like starting to talk, something switched. And like she, she became like evil Vicky. And I was like. Mm, I don't think this is going to go very well. I don't know. 
She was like on a mission, I feel like. She is such a narcissist. Yeah. I really want to talk about the newbies though, Gina and Emily. Yeah. I really like Gina. I like Emily. Really? We, we, we also need to address the casita because... Oh my God. I didn't know what that was. I had to Google the casita. it. casita. I've never heard that term. Is that like only a California thing? I, honestly, you're asking the European in the No, in the I room. know. Do they have casitas in Switzerland? No, it's a Spanish word. So obviously, no. <laughs> casita, I don't know. It's just, it was just, I don't know. It's I'm a little gonna... bit pathetic. I also <laughs> was shocked to find out at the reunion that Gina still has not told her children about her divorce. Now, I know her kids are really young, and I know that they're, like, trying to find the right way. But come on, get, like, a family therapist and work it out. How many months have you had? So I know that you're the expert in all things housewives. (laughs) What happened in her wedding? Because I know that out of all people, you would know. No, I don't think I know. That's the thing. It's just, it sounds like they got married really young. Like they were together since they were 20 or something like that. And they got married in their early 20s. And she had all her kids by the time she was like 30. So. See, I'm like almost 30 well not really but right. like I've got a couple of years. but still and i'm like not married and like I mean, still neither. struggling to get a fucking normal <laughs> human to text me <laughs> like can i swear on your podcast totally oh great but the thing is is statistically if you get married i think 24 or younger i think the chances that you'll get divorced are around 75 percent or they used okay, to but be. like i could have got married at 26 like what the fuck am i doing with my life but if you get married over 30 the divorce rates drop dramatically yeah but i won't be as good looking but like i'll be you know the saggier version no not at 30 <laughs> well you can no. just keep doing what vicky does and have 13 plastic surgeries in 13 yeah, but years see, i ain't about that life i mean maybe i would be if i looked like <laughs> <laughs> it's so mean <laughs> no, I'm not gonna... this is my dry sense of humor we're not we're not you know ugly shaming discriminating like i don't do that shit but 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 i do but well, not i just I think Gina, I think her husband might be gay. I just can't think of another reason. Well, or he had an affair. I feel like she would be more upset if he had an affair. I feel like Gina's a very strong person and she's not actually showing how upset she is. I bet she still is like, he's a great guy. I, like if he yeah. was, you know, I think so it I... could be that he might be bi or into men in some way or just, I don't know, but... She also said that he never really told her she was beautiful or, like, did things for her. And when they moved out to California, he wasn't really very focused on her needs in any way. It was like he moved out there for his job, and she was just kind of there, too. And she probably became more of just, like, oh, this is the woman raising my kids than, like, a true partner. Very true. I also think that Gina's a very... I like her a lot because I kind of, I feel like I can relate to her a lot. Where if something really bad happened to me with me and my partner, I don't think I would blast it on TV, especially if he really did not want to be seen or known. Because, you know, he may not be in the media, but 
people know who he is, like acquaintances and people know who that guy is. And if she says anything about the situation, the name will come out, the story will come out, and she probably has to protect him because he's, he's not on the show. He's not even seen. He's blurred out all the time. So I feel like she something's up. Something's definitely up. Something's up. And she's she's hiding it. But 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 not just hiding it to protect herself. She's protecting his image as well. Because had the story come out, if we don't have a name, the name will come out with the story. She needs to keep it low-key. The thing that I would say is that what I hear the Vanderpump kids talking about is they get upset when someone doesn't bleed for the show. They show all aspects of their lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when there's one person on the show, like what Lala used to do, which she would run away, they get upset because they're like, We're, we bleed for this show. We show everything. And how dare you not do that and call yourself our castmate? That is very true. But, and I was talking to, to Ali about this today. I was saying how, you know, when with regards to like booking people for podcasts and stuff, you know, Bravo PR is very, very difficult. Like, oh, they're not very God. nice. I'm blasting them. They're not nice. Like, they're not cool. <laughs> um, and, I, and I can because I'm a journalist and, exa- and it's actually my, my job to like book people for stuff. But when you talk to the Vanderpump Rules cast and you, and you, you know, offer them, you know, the opportunity to like collab with you or whatever, they are down to do it not out of fakeness not out of thirst not out of just because they know what it takes to 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 start from the bottom right they know what it takes they know that it took someone giving them an opportunity when you're an entitled housewife things are a little bit different definitely the people that you're around are a little bit different they're yes people they're always yes people but my argument is that as much as I like Gina, I don't think she bled for the Real Housewives. She didn't show everything. And she kept things close to her chest, which is her right to do. But you know what? To me, showing the casita on TV is like probably worse. Than <laughs> that is a dark sight. That casita is so pathetic. But, sad. but it's bad. But that's the thing. I think that if she had the choice and if it was only a matter of her, she would have shared and right. I think that there is something about the husband that makes her unable to be completely open about the story. Right. But I still think she should have been open as a housewife. <laughs> Just for me and my viewership. No, selfishly, Gina, get your get your shit together. Like become a true but and I don't mean get your shit together. I mean <laughs> keep your world, you know, crazy because we want to watch it, but share it to the world. So what do you think is gonna happen? That do you think it's gonna be a two part or a three part reunion? I feel like it, this was this felt kind of short. I feel like it might be a two-part reunion. I felt like they got to all the hard stuff just in one, and there was, like, nothing that happened the whole yeah. season. I mean, it depends. Andy's always good at, like, stirring the pot and finding the right questions, so who knows where that takes the whole thing. But I feel like we might get everything out of two reunions. I know, but I almost don't care. I'm so over the OC. I think they need to recast. I think they need to get more creative. They can't just keep doing the same old thing. The Trace Amigas is not working. But I mean, I'm, so I'm over excited. Beverly Hills as well, to be honest. Well, but I think it's going to be the best one yet, this Beverly really? Hills. Really? Yes. I have high hopes. I have very high hopes because... 
So everyone's finally turning on Lisa Vanderpump, which will just be interesting to watch. I also heard that the production company that used to produce Beverly Hills went on to produce the remake of The Hills. So a lot of the producers that they used to work with are new. And those new producers didn't treat Lisa Vanderpump special. They treated her the way they treated all the other housewives. And Lisa Vanderpump was used to be treated special. And because of that, she got very frustrated. She wanted to be able to sort of edit her role and make herself look good. And that was not happening. That's what I heard as well. I'm excited to be, to see Lisa out of her comfort zone. Me that's sure. too. I've never seen it. She self-produces everything. We only see the side of her that she wants us to see. And I kind of want to see the other side. I want to see the ugly side of Lisa. We all know everyone has an ugly side. And I know the Brits like to keep it very bottled up. <laughs> Except for me. Except for you. <laughs> I'm just all the uglies. <laughs> well, I cannot wait for you to co-host the Pump Rules podcast. You are going to be phenomenal on it. Where can we find you on that? So go to the Pump Rules podcast on Apple Podcast. Um, also, you can't sit with me on Apple Podcasts. I'm, I'm going to have some of the cast on my show too. My show is more like reality, but also Netflix and like influencers and stuff. Ooh. And you're going to be on my show as yes, well. Yes, this week. So everyone, I, be sure to listen to You Can Sit With Me with Deanna Espier. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So this week was the finale on The Real Housewives of Dallas. And a lot went down primarily at a frat party that Stephanie Holman throws for her husband, Travis, who's going to Harvard Business School for a month-long program. I think the idea is really cute. It's funny. They get a foam machine. I mean, if you were wealthy enough to get a foam machine to come to your backyard, wouldn't you do it? Like, just once, just for the hell of it. And they have uh, beer pong and all sorts of frat games going on. But I don't think Stephanie was very clear with the guests for what the theme was and how they should dress. So people took different interpretations. So Stephanie wore kind of maybe what she would have worn in college or a a kind of a Harvard shirt. Um, Brandy wore her high school cheerleading uniform, which was in one sense absolutely amazing that she could still like pushing age 40 fit into her high school cheerleading uniform. In one sense, a bit sad that maybe she's sort of nostalgic for high school and maybe her best years are actually behind her. So I wasn't sure exactly how to feel about that. Um, My really favorite costume, though, was Cameron Westcott. Now, this really didn't have much to do with a frat party or college, but she dressed as Cher from Clueless, and she just embodied Cher. It was fantastic. Now, it was super awkward to see Leanne Locken then decide that she was going to be twins with Cameron and go to the same consignment store and get the exact same outfit. That was a bit odd. I didn't really get what Leanne was going for with her theme, but you know, I also didn't really get what Carrie was doing either. 
Now, before the party starts, Leanne and Rich go to pick out their wedding venue, which is an LGBTQ church in Dallas. Now, I think it's very sweet that Leanne cares a lot about the LGBTQ community, but it is a bit odd to me how closely she identifies with it because she is not lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer. So it's just a bit odd to me because she's not always acting as, I guess, what I would view as like an ally, but as like an insider, which she is not. Um, But she was saying how she always feels like an outsider and LGBTQ people also feel like outsiders. So that's why she chose this church. And the whole thing was just odd because like her feeling like a pariah in high school or feeling like she never fits in is very different from the struggles of the LGBTQ community. But I will get off my soapbox. Um, So I was weirded out by this because I felt when they met the pastor that was going to be marrying them that Rich was making so many anti-marriage jokes kind of like oh you know she's dragging me here and ha ha I, I don't know I think we're at the point in society where like you get married if you want to get married and if you don't want to get married don't get married so the idea of like a woman wanting to get married and the guy just kind of going along with it and making jokes along the way about how annoying it is I'm just over it. If you don't want to do it, don't marry her. Don't, you shouldn't have proposed. Like, you shouldn't have gone through with the whole thing. It just really rubbed me the wrong way. But they finally set a date, April 27th. Mark your calendars, everyone. So Deandra, who at this point probably won't be invited to the wedding, does have something to celebrate. Her mom, Dee, signed over the company to her. Finally, after all these years and all this talk about it, she is the sole owner of both her mother's company and her company, Hard Night Good Morning. So congrats to Deandra. She didn't invite the ladies to join her at this ceremony because she said she wanted it to be drama free. And I can't really blame her. Now, most of the episode happens at this frat party at Stephanie's house, and everyone is still reeling from the trip to Denmark. Leanne Locken thinks that Brandy stole her phone. I guess she left it down at the bar, and Brandy found it and returned it to her, but three hours had passed. She thinks Brandy stole it. I actually agree with Cameron, who said... I think Brandy stumbled upon Leanne's phone and took her time delivering the phone because she was enjoying her cocktail. And that just seems to me like the most reasonable thing that could have happened and probably what happened. Not entirely sure why Leanne is so convinced that Brandy stole her phone. And now with facial recognition, there's no way she could have gotten into it. So I don't know why Leanne is so miffed about this. Now, because Leanne was so pissed, she decided to to lie to Brandy and scare her and tell her that she cloned Brandy's phone. Now, Leanne does not have the ability to do this. Also, like, the whole thing is just weird. And then later, Leanne's like, oh, it was just a joke. It's just a joke. But to Brandy, it wasn't a joke. And it just was so unnecessary. So the whole argument going on with these ladies in Dallas at this frat party where they're supposed to be celebrating Stephanie's husband's achievements, they're instead arguing about whether or not Brandy stole a phone and whether or not Leanne cloned Brandy's phone. And it just blows up. 
Brandy approaches Cameron to try and explain her side of the story, but she's not really letting Cameron explain herself and what she thinks and how she sees both sides. And is like, use your brain, Cameron. And it, that was kind of offensive to Cameron. And the situation's really not going anywhere. And Brandy concludes that Cameron is now Leanne's bitch, which I think everyone's kind of seen coming. Cameron's just won't go against Leanne, even when Leanne is wrong, which is a very different kind of friend than the friend Deandra was to Leanne last season, where she was, you know, with her, did have her back, but would call her out when she crossed the line. Now, Deandra at this point has basically had it with Leanne. We thought that they made up in Denmark, but when Deandra went to Leanne's fashion show for her dress that has 175 ways to wear it, she you know, was like, hey, I'm here. I'm supporting you as a woman, supporting another woman, starting a business. You know, I'd be here even if we were fighting, you know, come hell or high water. And Leanne's response wasn't very kind and was basically just like, well, I wouldn't have invited you, you know, if we were fighting. And that really rubbed Deandra the wrong way. And she felt that throughout that fashion show that Leanne was kind of making digs at Deandra. And so Deandra at this point is just kind of like, you know what? I've tried and it's just not working. And Mama D and her husband Jeremy just think, you know what? Just like let it go. Like you don't need to argue with Leanne. You don't need to make a big fuss out of stuff. Just like if the friendship isn't working, it's not working. But we see in the confessional that Deandra kind of came to a conclusion about why things have kind of gone awry between her and Leanne. And she says that she thinks that Leanne views her, Deandra, as being disposable and that she used Deandra to social climb in Dallas. And now that I'm not useful anymore, she jumped on Cameron's back and she's going to use her the way she used me. Not sure if I agree with that because I feel like they were friends for 10 years and I don't think you know, you're friends with someone for 10 years just to social climb. I feel like there's so much about their friendship that we don't understand and that isn't shown on the show. So I can't figure out why there is so much bad blood, but there definitely is bad blood. And we are going to see it spilled next week on the reunion. Now, Stephanie is interesting because she is a newer friend of Leanne's and she is so emotionally intelligent. I really think Stephanie doesn't get enough credit. She says, you know, I'm disappointed in Leanne, but I want her to listen and I don't want her to feel attacked. I don't want to see her go backwards. So she has a different approach where she just has a calm, rational conversation with Leanne where she lets Leanne do a lot of the talking, but makes it clear that, you know what, you kind of crossed a line. It's not okay to lie to someone about cloning their phone. And in general, just when you feel attacked, you don't need to go to that next level, like tit for tat. It doesn't always have to keep going lower and lower and lower. Because Stephanie can have a calm and rational conversation with Leanne, I think she thinks that others can do that too, and that is not the case. So she actually is like, you know what, Brandy, Leanne, you guys just need to talk. And this is where things explode. So they are fighting back and forth, basically each telling their side of the story. Randomly, Carrie points out, I think you guys need to develop trust and honesty. No shit, Gary. Um, 
there's just such mistrust between them and it's not going anywhere well. And so when they're done hashing the phone situation, Leanne then brings up, you know, you called me the wicked witch or bitch of the West and I went back to my room and I cried. And instead of showing any empathy or remorse, Brandy says, I never said West. Which made me laugh, but is really mean. And then Brandy rehashes how Leanne called her an alcoholic. And Leanne denies using that word, but we all saw from the footage that she did. Finally, Brandy snaps and is just like, what is wrong with you? Do you think that you're better than the rest of us? Leanne's like, no, I don't. Brandy's like, yes, you do. And she points her finger at Leanne. And then Leanne taps her finger on Brandy's chest. To which Brandy responds, hey, who touched who? And Leanne's like, get out of my face. And at this point, people at the party, they've got their video cameras on. Everyone is watching. And Brandy's like, you can take your ass out of here. I've been friends with Travis Holman for 20 years. Get the F out. You better kiss your own ass and hit the door. Get the F out. She's just absolutely screaming at this point. And Leanne goes, try me. And then she steps back and she sneers. Her face just transforms. It's like she's a velociraptor in Jurassic Park getting ready to attack. I've not seen this like look from her before. And it is terrifying. So at this point, the girls break it up. Carrie is yelling at Leanne to stop, stop behaving like this. And Leanne just is full on like 11 year old girl. But what about her? And, you know, Carrie's like, both of you. She's like being the mother. And so Carrie is like, Leanne, you've got impulse control. Well, no shit, Carrie. Again, she's just stating what we're all watching. Uh, Leanne goes to sit by herself and she has this monologue and it's just so dark and so sad. And she's also so angry with Brandy who goes off crying and she shouts, be a motherfucking victim you created for yourself. (laughs) Now, Carrie and Cam go to Leanne. They tell her that she really just should have walked away. They agree she did not instigate anything, but she certainly didn't make the situation better. Leanne, at this point, is just in full-on meltdown mode. At this point, she's like probably more like a three-year-old who hasn't had her nap. And she's on the floor shouting, Jesus Christ, tell me what the fuck to do because I can't hear you, God. You have left me and I am so alone. Now, Carrie, at this point, pours her drink out. (laughs) It's like not the right timing because I can't tell if Leanne is acting or if she genuinely feels this way. Um, But Carrie's just like, you're not alone. I'm sitting right here. I think we can all agree that what happened was Brandy decided to try and push Leanne's buttons to prove that Leanne hadn't changed. And Leanne took the bait. Now, Stephanie has to go over to Leanne and explain to her, you know, it is my party, you're not kicked out, blah, 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 blah. And when recalling this in the confessionals, Brandy actually sheds a tear. She seems really possessive of Stephanie in a way that I don't think is quite healthy. She says, and I quote, It's Stephanie's party, so she feels caught in the middle. But why would you feel caught in the middle? I'm your best friend. And then she's like, and I don't think Leanne deserves her as a friend. Ugh, these ladies. Everyone just 
needs to let everyone else decide who they want to be friends with. And we'll see next week at the reunion how things go. Now, I want to make sure I do a quick recap of The Real Housewives of New Jersey and Atlanta. So here we go on Jersey. The ladies are in Oklahoma. They're visiting Margaret's friend, Polly. I love Polly. Anyone who can pull off a denim on denim and still look like a cute little blonde grandma is just my kind of person. So we see that Melissa and Teresa made up. They are sister-in-laws. Um, but Joe, Teresa's brother and Melissa's husband, is still pissed off that Teresa brought up all their family drama in front of the whole group. And we know that when the ladies return to New Jersey that something is going to go down. Now, there is a new housewife named Jennifer. She's the one who's Turkish and who's very sort of obedient to her husband and is always home with the kids anyways she is a little odd I can't tell if she's joking or if she's just obnoxious but she keeps talking about this mansion that she lives in and how it has 16 bathrooms and every time she someone's saying something she like has to sort of one-up them and it's frustrating some of the women especially Margaret Dolores and Jackie at dinner, Margaret decides that everyone should play two truths and a lie, and we find out some interesting things, including that Margaret's ex-husband used to lock her in a closet when he was angry with her. And she laughs it off, but like, that's not funny. That is definitely abusive and not okay. And when someone points it out to her, like, hey, that's like really bad, she's like, I know, that's why he's my ex. Anyway, I really love Margaret's honesty and humor, and she's just one of my faves. So all the ladies get to go to a cattle show, and they get in pairs, and they prepare the cattle for showing. So they have to brush it and dry it, and these ladies have never been around cattle before. It is hilarious to watch. So they have this competition, and Melissa comes up second, and Jackie, one of the other new girls, is the winner. And whoever loses was supposed to sleep in the trailer, which is outside of the house that they're staying in, Polly's house. And everyone was kind of complaining about who would be in the trailer, but especially Jennifer, who's used to such a spacious house with 16 bathrooms. Now, they take a break from Oklahoma to show what's going on back in New Jersey, and Joe Gorga, Melissa's husband and Teresa's brother, is going to dinner with his dad and Melissa's mom, Donna, um, and their kids, and it's a really sweet moment, and when Melissa calls Joe to see how things are going, you know, he's like, hey, I'm out with my dad and your mom, and Melissa relays this to Teresa, who's just, like, even more annoyed. Now, at this point in the episode, I realized that Joe Gorga, who's the husband of Melissa, has con his own confessionals. And I'm wondering, like, are there any other Real Housewives franchises where the husbands get confessionals? I know on Dallas, Deandra's mom, Dee, she has confessionals. But it's just really interesting to see. So... Just a thought. Now, the episode ends with them all going to a big cowboy party and Jennifer making an ass of herself by 
getting drunk and offending Polly, the host, by saying not nice things about Oklahoma and about her home and whatever. And eventually the ladies confront Jennifer and are like, it's just, you know, it's poor manners. It's socially inappropriate. And after a lot of back and forth, Jennifer eventually apologizes to Polly, the host. She says that sometimes she speaks faster than what she's thinking. Well, Jennifer, we know. (laughs) Now on to Atlanta. The episode starts out with Candy and her husband Todd looking into surrogacy options for the two embryos that they have left. The doctor that they were talking to said they preferred to put one embryo in a surrogate, not two. And Todd is not very happy with this because he doesn't want to leave one of the embryos behind. So they even talk about having two surrogates at the same time, which is really a lot. Um, Then he cracks a joke that he has to get off to work because he has to pay for these two mamas. But we all know that Candy is the one that is bringing the cash into that family. So, ha ha, Todd. Um, Then we get to see a bit about Ava and her husband, Mike. Ava mentions that she has asked Nini to give a speech at their wedding, which made me wonder, are Ava and Nini even that close? And that's the exact question that Cynthia asked when Nini showed up at Lake Bailey for the Bailey Q barbecue for the 4th of July. And Nini told the girls, hey, I'm actually speaking at Ava's wedding. That was Cynthia's reaction. How well do you guys even know each other? Are you even that close? Marlo, of course, has to throw a little shade and said, well, she's going to need a little personality at that wedding because I think it's going to be a little boring. Speaking of weddings, we then get to see Portia and Dennis go to dinner with Dennis's mom. And Portia is so eager to get married and really wants his mom to like her. But the mom is super skeptical because it seems like Dennis has had a lot of girlfriends. So she asks them, you know, are you guys in love already? And Portia says, yes. And your son told me that he loved me the first night we met. And uh, (laughs) mom's like, "Uh, are you guys like moving to the altar real quick? And um, Portia, of course, goes, altar? Like marriage altar? Oh, Portia. And uh, the mom asks how Portia feels about a prenup. And Portia says they haven't discussed it, but she's for it. And, you know, bring on the tough questions. So then we get another look into a woman, Shamari, and her mother-in-law. So Shamari is married to Ron DeVoe from New Edition. And they've been together like 17 years or something crazy. I can't even wrap my head around it. Um, but they have twins, and the twins are turning one. She calls them both her kings. And they're picking out a cake for the king's birthday. And while they're there, Shamari shares with her mother-in-law that her and her husband, mother-in-law's son, at one point were in an open relationship. And we find out that she was with two women during that relationship. She wasn't allowed to be with any men, but that her husband was with eight women. And she's the one, Shamari, that wanted the open relationship, but then later realized she didn't and they ended it. Um, We also find out that DeVoe's mom didn't really like Shamari at first and wasn't really sure what she was after, but it seems like they're close now because Shamari's sharing all of their weird sex stuff. 
So all the ladies go to Lake Bailey for the Bailey Q for 4th of July, and everyone's supposed to bring something to eat and a friend. Now, Portia has her man Dennis send all this stuff from his hot dog store, and it is insane the amount of things that are dropped off at Cynthia's. They even have fried Oreos. I was a little bit jealous. I kind of want this hot dog store or hot dog chain to be in D.C. because I want to see what it's all about. So, It seems like everyone's having a really good time. Portia shows up with two friends, not one. Everyone else brought one friend. I love how they're all able to bring friends along because the producers know that their friends are camera ready and going to be hilarious no matter what. Whereas I feel like in some of the other franchises, like the friends are kind of duds and we don't really get to know anyone else other than the housewives. So this was really fun. And Cynthia comes up with a game called Pass the Peach, where there are questions and you can either answer the question or pass the peach to the person that you think the question is about. The questions range from, you know, who here needs a makeover to who here has had an open relationship, at which point Shamari shares her open relationship story. Now, there is one point in the evening where everyone kind of gangs up on Ava and Cynthia says, you know, it's come to my attention, Ava, that you started a rumor that I was paying Will, the guy that she was dating last season, to date me. And Nini is so funny in the confessionals. She's like, Cynthia's shopping at the dollar store. She ain't paying Will to do shit. (laughs) It's like such a ridiculous rumor. I don't know why Ava won't just like apologize or say if it was really her. The whole thing is just kind of silly. But what I love about these girls is even when they're throwing shade and kind of taking each other down, they do it with a laugh and it's kind of a, it's a game for them. And just like Past the Peach was a game. And I feel like in any other city, any other franchise, you couldn't have a game like this. Um, we've seen it before with Dallas with the high T where they all had to like take questions out of a bin and ask them to each other. And it just kind of all fell apart. But these ladies know how to throw shade and how to take a joke, and it was a ton of fun to watch, and I am looking forward to the rest of the season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So that's it for this week, but get ready because Vanderpump Rules, my absolute favorite show in the entire world, starts on Monday, December 3rd, and there's going to be a lot of fun guests to discuss all of the antics of the Pump Rules crew. So that's it for this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe and follow on Twitter and Instagram at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> 
Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.